Welcome back, everyone, to MX Asian American. Today we have Kai. Uh, you want to introduce yourself first to the listeners? Yeah. Hi,、uh, my name is Kai. I am a musician based in Brooklyn, New York. I do a lot of things within music,、uh, namely performing, writing, and a lot of teaching as well. I guess that's the main way I end up having to survive in New York. <laughs> Um, well, welcome, Kai, to the show.、Um, I like to start from the very beginning. So, could you tell us a little bit about how and where you grew up? So, only fitting for this podcast, I grew up in the largest city in the country with an Asian American majority. Do you know which city that is?、Um, trying to think, it's got to be L.A. or or like Flushing. Okay, it's it's one it's near one of those. I'm gonna go with, well, I don't know what's near Flushing, but I'm gonna go with what's near Flushing. <laughs> okay, so I'm from the West Coast originally, so I'm from LA.、Okay. I was born in LA. I was born in Granada Hills originally, but I spent most of my formative years in Irvine, California. I see. Yeah. Okay. So a population of roughly four hundred thousand, over half of which is Asian American. So pretty crazy. So I mean, and that's that's with the whole town. If, as far as my high school goes, it was like probably more like eighty, ninety percent Asian. Wow, pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy.、Um, so like. When you were start going into like high school, I guess,、um, did you already like have an idea of what you wanted to do? I think I already had a pretty good idea that it was going to be music.、Um, I think what within music I wanted it to be has changed a lot over the years for sure. I think even already at the point of middle school, I was already really into it.、Um, I was, but it was it has changed a lot. I think the first thing within music I really wanted to do was conducting, actually. That was probably like、mm. middle school, and then it was composing in high school, and then it was like being a, and then I, but then I went, ended up going to school for classical piano,、um, but then I picked up a double major to do piano and composition, and then, yeah, so、uh, it, it just kept kind of like changing and adding things, and ultimately I kind of just do all of the above.、Um, I even got a little bit of conducting stuff as well. Wow! Even what I was planning to do, but yeah. So basically, I just、um, had a early, pretty early interest in music in general, and then did a bunch of like other things within music. Wow! No, I love that.、Um, you get to do everything that you thought you were going to do when you were younger. Now,、um, so did you ever like? Were you one of those like kids that were forced to take music lessons when you were younger, or like how did you come into music? Um, you know. I think、uh, I wouldn't use the word forced, but basically it was that because my mom was just like, <laughs> "You should do piano, like <laughs> you should try it." And I was like, "Sure." And I kind of just always, yeah, I just I was a very obedient kid, so I just my parents said、mm -hmm. I should do something, I just did it.、Uh, so I just did it.、Uh, I just and then I liked it okay for a while, and then it helped that I was like among、mm -hmm. the. Better-ish students, but not really. I was honestly like fairly average.、Um, it was yeah. So it was probably just a lot of me just coasting and just doing what I was told for a while. And then eventually, I was like, oh, actually, like this is like. And I should mention that,、uh, like, that was one of the many activities that my parents had me do. But definitely, that was the main one that drew my attention. I was a kid.
Mm. Yeah. Um, so since you were kind of like, just did whatever your mom said, told you to do, um, I'm assuming, and you said that it was fine. Um, I'm assuming there was like a point in your life where you kind of felt like more passionate about it or like was there a moment where you were like oh like um i guess this is what i want to do for the rest of my life i don't know if i've ever had a moment where i'm like i want to do for the rest of my life um Mm -hmm. i think i'm quite i i guess i'm not sure if i quite am feeling the feel if i feel if the way i feel towards music is longevity rather it's just like how much it's not actually i was gonna i was going to say it's how much energy i want to be spending on it like here and now but it's like not even about the energy it's more just like especially with what i do right now it's more about here's this thing that i feel like needs to exist and nobody else is going to make it exist so i guess i have to do it it's more like a, mm. it's more just like feeling compelled to do it and so i just responsibility like, yeah well like yeah responsibility even though like i don't know like what it's serving really but it's just like <laughs> there is a feeling of that like it's like it has to exist mm-hmm. um there's just the feeling of being compelled to do it it's really mm-hmm. what it feels like mm-hmm. um, no i think that's beautiful um so when you went to study music in college what what drew you into classical piano when i was doing music in college i think it was a lot of things but because ultimately right now i don't do much classical stuff at all Mm -hmm. in fact in, in fact the probably the main way where I'm intersecting with classical music is in my teaching, which makes sense because a lot of people who want to learn piano want to learn classical piano first, at mm-hmm. least like as a basis. Um, but when I was learning piano, uh, or when I was studying piano to go to music school, I was I went for a classical path mainly because that's what I was doing. Like that's what I was good at. That was my main specialization. I mm-hmm. did pick up jazz around like early high school, but I was purely self-studied and there was no way I was getting into any jazz program anyway. So pretty much it was because that's what I was good at. And ultimately that has like kind of gotten me on an interesting different kind of path because like definitely it took me a little while to realize this, but ultimately my favorite thing to do within music is to write. Is it, I want to actually make something. Mm-hmm. And that one that took a while for me to realize and two it also took me to realize while to realize that being a player and a performer does not often fulfill that in and of itself like the desire mm-hmm. to create i should say mm-hmm. so as you're talking about this um alluding a little bit to to you being in the classical ensemble that you were in before um so how is this like sort of like a conventional i guess like career path once you like graduate uh from a music program you enter an ensemble um for if we're talking classical piano the tip the most conventional path i would say is you go to undergrad for piano 
and then you go into masters for piano. And then some people, most people just stop there and go into teaching. And then some people go into doctorate and then go for teaching at the higher education level. But the one thing that stands true is that as far as classical piano goes, the main, in fact, I might even say the only career path primarily is now, okay, I, can, I shouldn't say only, but like I would say the vast majority of pianists who go through this path uh, end up teaching. And mm -hmm. that's kind of already understood among people that are going into this, that they're not trying to become a solo classical pianist because nobody becomes a solo classical pianist effectively <laughs> there's like tiny <laughs> tiny exceptions but really everyone teaches there are some exceptions the reason why i ended up changing my mind to not say only path is because some do go down a little bit more of a collaborative path some do things like accompanying ballet some do accompanying uh, operas and things like that some play for singers so and then mm -hmm. some play some do end up in say more contemporary classical ensembles uh, or settings, which is a little bit more small group ensemble focused. Um, mm -hmm. So the 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 ensemble that I was in, um, I'm very curious as to how you found it. It's kind of like a not like I don't have it out that much anymore. So basically, it was a group that I formed while I was in school. Um, it was just something that I wanted to do. I love playing with people more than anything, so. It's, it, it was probably my last year of college. I wanted to start a group and I pretty much just f asked the two best musicians that I knew at my school, <laughs> regardless of what instrument it was. Cause I, I was like, and, and I knew most of the musicians there, like including the, the undergrads and um, graduates. So there were two doctoral mm -hmm. students, one a flutist and one a saxophonist. And I was like, do you guys want to do a, uh, do you guys want to do a group? And the funny thing about this group was the flutist that I asked, um, his husband is a saxophonist. And so he has literally tried to do this configuration before. And <laughs> anyone in classical music knows there is not a lot of music written for flute, saxophone, piano. It is a very weird combination of instruments. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And meanwhile, he has already tried this with his husband and it had not worked. So he was <laughs> like, needless, he was so skeptical. He was like, I don't know if this is, this can happen. Like there is, I, I've looked into it. There's not much music out there. And the music that is out there is pretty lame. And I was like, don't worry, I'll write us a piece. So the first thing, so the way I ended up get convincing us to get started was I wrote like a long as I wrote like a four movement like 20 minute piece for us mm -hmm. mainly that would be our kind of uh the the core of our program that we play wherever and yeah because of that's like and from for from there we did end up having our first performances be a lot of like new music well I mean new music was a given because there's no old music that's written for that ensemble. But <laughs> for our first several performances were in like composers, like conferences. So we, I think mm. our first performance was in like, we had to like drive all the way up to Indiana. And I think we had like a com composer's com convention out there. And that's what we played for our first. Um, so that was, yeah, so that's the classical ensemble that was, it's called Additive Color. Um, it was a really cool group. Um, we were trying to do 
a call for scores, which is basically a thing where we ask people to write pieces for us and we pick the best ones and then we do like a concert of those things. Um, mm -hmm. Back right at around April 2020 and we all know what happened around there. So from there, yeah. like, to like, <laughs> it was tough because we were already doing long distance because it was like one in New York, one in Jersey and one in Wisconsin. And then eventually like, yeah, so eventually it kind of just drifted apart and we couldn't really like make things work and to this day we're like we're effectively like disbanded inactive mm. wow but no i love how it all came about where you was just like let me just find two people that i really admire and respect <laughs> and just put together this group bro. yeah yeah um so i know that um you've transitioned sort of from a classical um piano and classical music sort of into like a more i guess i'm not sure like what the correct term is but like it's, i guess contemporary or um, pop focused um music so wondering like what made you decide to do that or like you just want to try something new the there's a lot of reasons why i left classical music that may end up being too big of a topic to cover in like huh. a short podcast but because i could go on and on about it but <laughs> ultimately uh one of the many things i will say actually is the music that i was listening to all throughout this time yes like some classical but majority like, not classical or like even like actual like capital j jazz there was a lot of like it was a lot of like jazz adjacent pop genres or a lot of like indie uh experimental rock stuff like that and i was like this is the stuff that i like like this is the stuff that i listen to for fun and i enjoy why am i playing music that even i don't really listen to that much and and it's like stuff that i've already like dabbled with and written stuff in the style of all this time so i was like i i mean and i and i kind of knew pretty much by like halfway through college that this is what I ultimately wanted to be doing. And it's ultimately why I ended up moving to New York for to like get myself into some kind of scene that will be aligning more with the music that I do. So mm -hmm. ultimately it just came about of preference, my preference for those musical styles. Now that makes so much sense. Um, and like, even before you were talking about like, um i guess a sentiment that's similar to like you felt compelled to do something um so i'm wondering like this is probably like a similar feeling that you feel compelled to create music sort of you want this music to exist in the world yeah yeah basically yes um i'm trying to think if there's anything to add to that pretty much no that's pretty much it yeah <laughs> um so what has the transition been like sort of um has it been like difficult probably or like you've felt any rewarding moments um overall i mean it's just been great because i'm just going closer and closer to what i um really like doing i think one thing that has been difficult honestly is I think when I was writing stuff mainly in the classical setting, I always had a little bit of a shield slash, like a little bit of a ego defense that mm -hmm. oh, I'm not writing the thing that I really want to be doing. So you, even if you don't like this, oh, this isn't this is not my final formula. So it's a, uh -huh. kind of a little shielded in that respect. And the closer I get to that 
to to really feeling like okay this is this is my output this is me and the mm. more I put myself onto it the scarier it is and the more mm. it hurts when someone close to me for example doesn't like it or just like brushes it off um, yeah i kind of a hot take but i think that art with no like art with no ego attached to it is effectively not expressive expressive and that like it doesn't really say as much as something that does have a little bit at least a little bit of, of an ego in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i know that like i can feel what i create feeling being more more meaningful as i get closer to this is like final form of like this is what i ultimately want to be outputting mm -hmm. um, but then yeah it is also scary no that makes total sense and i i completely agree with you that um i think art all art has ego in it because you've put yourself so much into this thing um and makes total sense that you would feel scared or like vulnerable because basically this is like your raw self for everybody to see right so then you've also um sort of been teaching and i saw that you had some pieces in like a children's textbook or workbook um for learning piano uh, wondering like how um that project came about and how that experience was like for you I've been teaching piano for a pretty long time now and one thing that I'm sure a lot of other pianists uh, a lot of piano teachers have felt is there's just not a lot of really great repertoire for young kids which is frustrating mm -hmm. because most clientele for piano teachers are young kids like ages five to eight that's when most kids start and you only decrease from there because kids start to know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So because of that, you would think that there's a wealth of really interesting, fun pieces for kids, but there isn't. And that's probably ultimately why so many kids just end up dropping out. But so I wanted to, I have so, oh, so sorry. So whenever I am teaching a kid and I just can't find the right piece for them, one thing that I've just been doing all these years is I just write a piece for them. It's like, okay, this, I know what my kid is working on. I know what they need for the next steps as far as piano playing. So I'm going to write a piece that implements those techniques. And then at least I think I'm a good composer. So I'm going to write it and it, I think it's going to be interesting for the kid. And many times it's been a hit. Um, and so I just, over the years, accumulated a bunch of pieces. And then, so one day, one of my colleagues from school just hit me up saying, hey, like, I want you to write a couple of books for my company. It was pretty mm. easy because I already had all these pieces accumulated over the past that just were unpublished. I just wrote them as one-offs for students. And so for my friend, I just edited them a little bit to have them more or less match each other in difficulty. And then mm -hmm. probably after, within like six months after he hit me up, I was able to have these books ready. And it's been about two no it's been about a month and a half since they came out yeah it's about been a month and a half and they are bird themed because i love because i love birds oh <laughs> <laughs> and uh 
I would say that they turned out really great. I was at a piano conference last month uh, over at Reno, Nevada, the Music Teachers National Association Conference, and we were selling these books. And yeah, it's been, they've been getting really great. Uh, I've, I've, we've been getting really great feedback on these books so far from a lot of teachers with their students. So it's, it's looking really good. It's really cool because like there's so many Asian Americans that play piano in general. And you see a lot of that in the classical piano world, like a lot of great pianists. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. Um, but just as far as composers go, especially educational composers go, there's like little to none in the educational piano world. So. Yeah, super excited for you as well. Um, um, we're going to head into sort of the last uh, question or so. Just wondering if you have any like near future plans about your music. Like, would you eventually start writing more and like publishing more of your own music? Um, yep, anything. I like the balance that I have going on right now with like how much I'm writing versus teaching versus performing. Um, I definitely want to write like two, at least two more books. Um, probably also still about birds. There's so many birds. Actually, a bunch. <laughs> the craziest thing is I still have a bunch of other pieces that I wrote for like mid-level students that didn't include in, in this um... the two books I have published right now. One is like super early stage for like five to seven year olds, mm -hmm. and the other is like late intermediate, so like middle schoolish. And there's this whole like mm -hmm. gap in between that I haven't uh published yet but more I birds in there and there's so many other birds exactly <laughs> so, um and because and it's funny because like a lot of these birds i i just know how much work it's going to take because i wrote like fun facts for each bird in these books oh which is like um just like just like small details anything to really get the kids attention mm -hmm. but um those took, oh, that took a lot of research i know it's gonna be a lot of work but so i'm gonna do that <laughs> and then i do i have a songwriting project so i'm also on spotify under my name Kayono, and I'm coming up with the, coming out with a song in the next like two three weeks. Uh, a music video for it, so that should be really cool. And then over the next like month two months, just got a lot of shows in the city playing for friends bands. I'm going to Germany in about two months for a festival that I'm playing at for for, for like a couple of weeks. So that'll be fun. So yeah, just like a lot of. Um, a lot of performances, a lot of writing projects, hopefully more books. We'll see about that. We just, uh, I guess it's partially on uh, hinging on how well these current books continue to do. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll see how that goes. So yeah, those, that's pretty much a rough sum summary of like what's to come for me. Wow. Um, super exciting. Um, and thank you so much, Kai, for coming on the show. And where can listeners find you, listen to your music online? For music, you can find me on Spotify. It's Kai Ono, K-A-I-O-N-O. -O. And if you want to find me on my socials, I have a TikTok at, at this is Kai's TikTok. Kai spelled K-A-I. And then I on my Instagram, it's this is Kai's Insta. Nice. I'll link everything too in the show notes. Um, and yeah, thank you again for coming on the show. Yes, thank you.